Welcome to the 192nd episode of the Crack Die Podcast. You. We're back. Hello. Hello. All right. I love how Sean is laughing about something that is definitely going to get cut before he does the intro. But that leaves the audience wondering what was going on. See? Look, it's called method acting, all right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Rob was casting Gravity Well in real life. Oh, God. I feel like there are some physicists at some impressive universities that want to talk to him if he's doing that. Right? <laughs> well, he's just casting it below stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, like, letting go of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gravity's not real, man. Just a theory. Although winter's going to be about 30 seconds longer this year. <laughs> no! Yay! So I just want to give a free shout-out to a wonderful game store that Christine and I had the opportunity to go to. If you're ever in Ketchikan, Alaska, or uh, you live in Alaska and you listen to this show and you're near Ketchikan or you can get to Ketchikan, go check out Gateway Games. When we were on our vacation in Alaska, we, of course, found a friendly local game store and we went into Gateway Games and they are awesome. They're amazing. My favorite story has to be, we were talking about all oh, games we used to play with the owners and everything. My favorite was the the owner whose name, of course, I can't recall right now and I feel terrible, but she was talking about how there was such a, a healthy vampire community there for a long time. And, you know, they were doing this pseudo kind of LARP, not quite mind's eye, but close to it. She's like, we're all there, like, gossed up in our corsets and like, you know, our skimpy clothes going, we don't feel the cold, we're vampires, we don't feel the cold. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the most relatable thing I have ever heard. It was much easier to play vampire as a dude because you could wear a trench coat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a woman-owned game store, which I absolutely adore finding and love finding because I feel like that is a very underrepresented group in game store communities. But also their daughter is a writer and author of modules. Right now, there's a lot of stuff that they've done for 5e and they're a big Pathfinder first edition player and enjoyer. And we started talking and it was like 45 minutes later. And I was like, oh, we need to get back to a boat or we're going to be stuck here. Did you tell them about your podcast? We did tell them about our podcast. OK, good. And we're in their discord. So when this comes out, we'll be like, hey, we talked about you. Check it out. We yeah, because you guys are awesome. And like we want to go back to Alaska at some point and we want to visit you again. Yes. Also, they had a huge selection of indie games and like first edition D&D books just sitting there. And my favorite thing about those was we were talking to her about them because there was a couple Jean is interested in acquiring. She's like, theoretically, everything in the store is on sale. Realistically, I'm going to give you a price that you're not going to want to pay and uh, you're going to give me a price that I'm not going to want to let it go for, and it's going to stay in the case. <laughs> and I appreciated that honesty a lot. <laughs> anyway, that's my free commercial for Gateway Games in Ketchikan, Alaska. They were just an awesome store, and I highly recommend visiting there if you ever go to Alaska. So, Sean, I just want to say, last time we recorded, now, I might have got cut from the episode, but you cursed Haya and I for luring you into the seductive world of Baldur's Gate 3. Call it by its proper name. Bear Sex Simulator 3. And then I looked at your playtime and you have like three hours the one day. What is that about? How can you curse <laughs> us for sucking you in? I've got over 200 hours and I'm on my second playthrough, having made maybe eight characters through the prologue, which is what probably 11 of those hours are. I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand what being sucked in is. No, no, no. So three hours for me is a long-term commitment for a video game, first off. Second off, I unfortunately 
can't play at work right now because it's the start of the semester. So that's severely impacting. But also most of that time is spent in character creation and getting to the first like major boss where you're supposed to run by and deactivate the thing. But I insist on trying to take out the big guy, uh-huh. even though it yells at me not to. So I've just been making new characters and getting to that point and then restarting and then getting new characters. <laughs> so I, I'm working on it. Matt, I'm working on it, okay? I'm still trying to figure out what I want to play. My husband, ladies and gentlemen. It took me nine hours to get out of the prologue. Don't get me wrong. From making new characters, getting basically to the end of the prologue and being like, but what if I played this? (laughs) But what if I did this? (laughs) So I understand that. I'm just saying, you got to get your reps in. He was watching me play last night. He's like, but what if I play? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Finish your game. Our friend Pete, not our our lovely Twitch show Pete, has been playing through as a half drow. And apparently there's a a large section of this game that does take place in the Underdark. And he's like, I'm just having a blast because people just listen to you when you're a drow in the Underdark. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a section where the drow are in charge of some goblins. And if you show up as a drow, the conversations are much different. Oh, yeah. He was telling me all about that. I will have to start playing through at some point because as problematic and crazy as they are, the drow are one of my favorite fantasy species. So have you guys run into an issue where one of your party members just Fs off and won't rejoin? What did you do to piss them off? I call that the knife sword problem. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing you can do to make them mad. Sure. No, no, I literally told Lizelle to go back to camp so I could put another character in. And she's every time after that, I'm like, hey, join me. And she's like, "Okay, no problem. And then doesn't do it. That sounds like a bug. I've gotten to a certain part of the game where she's not even at my camp anymore. She's just walking around waiting for me (laughs) somewhere. I can't get her to join my party, so I just kind of move on. <laughs> what chapter of the game are you in? Now I'm in two. Okay, never mind. That's too early. Yeah, Lizelle is, is also away in my game, but for story reasons. But yeah, that sounds like a bug. Yeah, and also in chapter one, if you take too long to do a thing she wants to do, she just leaves and does it herself. I got to this one point where she was just like, hey, I want to do this thing. And, you know, but you need to make space. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. So I told someone else to go back to the camp and I talk to her and she's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And I'm like, great, let's go. And then she just walks off. And then she walks past me again, going the other direction. Like she didn't actually go do the thing. She just wandered off. I can't, I don't know what to do. Is that in the mountains, I'm assuming? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is enough time we've taken for this, right? If you haven't played BG3, we all recommend BG3. Uh, There are some bugs, but they're ironing them out as they go. Yes. Reluctantly. Even our reluctant skeptic, Sean. Yes. Even reluctant me. I know where the boots of speed are now, too. I enjoy (laughs) it. Oh, no. Well, no playing with Rob. So last time we played Pathfinder. Second edition? (laughs) Second edition? Wow. You guys were disrupting some very lovely folks who were having dinner or lunch. Dunch. We'll call it dunch. It's that meal between lunch and dinner. Lupper. <laughs> Lupper. Yes. Lupper or dunch. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how I like that. Aren't they eating in a dungeon? So, I mean, that could be what it's called, too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A meal taken in a dungeon. So you guys wiped out this awesome alchemist. Thanks, Christine and Heidi. Thank you for that. And then Matt and Haya and Rob all dealt with three out of the four Scarlet Triad members who were just eating their meal. And then you busted in and disrupted them. Uh-huh. So we're at the top of round five. It is Christine's turn. And uh, we're just going to jump back in after our, you know, 20 minute talking about other things. Hooray. 
All right, so the Skylar Triad agent is badly injured. She's about 20, uh, 15 feet to myself, and Twin Challen is there. So let's let's do a classic. We're, we're going to go for the, the Alchemist Fire, because that is one of the best ways to do things. So I was reading something. Unlikely, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can read. I can read. You just can't pronounce. I can't pronunciate. So apparently there isn't like like an accuracy thing like in first edition where you had to get like perfect aim and perfect shot to avoid your allies and whatnot. But allies do provide cover when you're trying to do a ranged attack over like to a creature behind them. So she's going to get a plus one to her AC. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to rearrange my turn a little bit because this has never come up, but I have this formula. I'm going to make real quick a Bomber's Eye Elixir or whatever it is actually called. Let me look that up. I don't think that's the proper name. That's what it is. Yes, it is a Bomber's Eye Elixir. I was right. Good job. For the next five minutes, my alchemical bomb strikes reduce the circumstance bonus to AC to my targets that they gain from cover by one. Yep. So making that, drinking that, throwing the bomb, that was a 29? That is a miss. Yeah, I figured. I'm gonna, I have a hero point because it's the start of the episode, so we're gonna try that again. Oh, nat 20. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. That's how you do it. Boo. And I have crit card number 43, which is olfactory overload. The target loses its sense of smell and any scent ability or other olfactory senses until healed. That is specific. (laughs) (laughs) Do your double damage. I am gonna do my double damage. Ugh. 23 plus the three persistent. I'm going to do the 15 foot cone splash so it doesn't hit Brianna. Oh, thanks. Okay. It don't want you to be on fire. Actually, you would soak it because we have the rings, but... Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate the care. Still, I would like to be a little more considerate <laughs> than that. <laughs> All right. Is that it? That is my turn because I had to use quick alchemy, quaff a potion, and throw an elixir. All right. Matt, you are sickened too, but it is your turn. Okay. So I believe you can take an action to uh, stick your finger down your throat and try to get rid of second. Is that correct? Yes, you can retch and it will reduce it by one. All right. So I'd like to take that action. All right. You make a fortitude save against the effect that made you sick. Okay. Aim for her face. It's a natural 19 for a 41. I believe that is correct, but let me just double check what their class DC was. I believe if I crit, that goes down by two. Yes, that is correct. A little silly random thing now. So apparently like the sulfur and brimstone, whatever from the alchemist fire just burnt out her nose completely, but also Twin Talon smelled it and was like, ooh. (laughs) 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 That is a critical success. So let's remove those two sickened levels. Nice. All right. That was a that was a worthwhile action. There you go. Good job. Okay. So then I will target her and I will attack. And you do have the precise debilitation on them already. Very nice. So that's a 42 to hit. That is a critical hit. Oh. I'm just gonna grab my crit card real quick. We love <laughs> the smell of 20s in the morning. Right? That is clean through, a triple damage. I'm sorry, you can't have that card. That card is for Haya only. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> but I'm happy to share. Did you not see the reserved sign? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind sharing. Okay, and I am an ooze aura at this point. So that is 34 times three is 102 damage. 
Would you like to explain how you splatter them again? Oh my gosh. Sure. Yeah. The person is, are they still sit, sitting down or did they actually get up? They came around to deal with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Twin Talon throws up right into their eyes. And as they're like <laughs> wiping away and they're stunned, he just takes an opportunity to pick a spot, thrusts his sword straight through, right into the heart, pulls it out clean and they drop to the ground. That they do. And with that, combat is over. Oh, All right. All right. Well, that was a quick combat at the top of the show. <laughs> it's only three episodes long. Yeah. Okay. So now that the combat has ended and the dust has settled, Christine, what is Soraya doing? Just to remind you, the room that you are in, three stone tables along the south of wall of this laboratory space are covered with alchemical gear. While to the north, a noxious brew bubbles in a cauldron set into a large stone hearth. And you determined that that was the four acid flasks. Um, yeah, I'm going to be investigating this room extensively. All right. Haya, what is Brianna doing for the next 10 minutes? I think Brianna's going to look down at herself, notice that eh, there's a couple of bumps and bruises, but nothing too terrible. So she'll ask, generally, is anybody needing any healing? Also, where is Knife Sword? <laughs> I could use a little bit if you're handing it out. Certainly. So in her 10 minutes, she will heal Twin Talon. Yep, you're injured too. Okay. A little bit. Heidi, what is Ooh doing? Ooh notices the cauldron that is bubbling and she follows her nose, the spicy <laughs> things that are being brewed up. And she, she turns over her shoulder. She says, hey, hey, baby girl, if I if I um, just dip my uh, battle axe in here, will it make it extra spicy? <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. I don't think so, though. It may just start eating away at the metal. No, not my battle axe. <laughs> Can I, you think I could top some, uh, some baddies with this? It's acid, ooh. So, too spicy? Please don't add more acid to your stomach. It doesn't need it. <laughs> also, your esophagus would not be happy. Fair, fair. Ooh goes up to the door and kicks the door down. Oh no. Wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and combat starts again. <laughs> Before I read anything, Matt, what are you doing for the next 10 minutes? I believe I am required to sit still and be healed by Brianna. Rob. What is Knife Sword doing? He's looking at all the cool things on these tables in the room. There's a line of tables at the south side of the room that's got stuff on it. I'm rifling through all their belongings. All right. So give me a perception roll. Christine, you were also investigating the room? Yes. Yes. Also give me a perception roll. And Ooh opens the door. I kick down the door. The corner of this room has a stone bed topped with an overstuffed mattress and several blankets opposite a stone desk and chair. Who turns back to Soraya? <laughs> All right. Christine, what did you get on your perception roll? I got a 28. Do I get any bonuses for my alchemy specialty? I'll add it in afterwards. Don't worry about that. Uh, okay, okay. Rob, what did you get for your perception? Knife sword got a 32. All right. So between the two of you, you notice that this room has a about 15 if you look at everything on the benches about 15 reagents that Soraya could craft bombs with you also find a few already made 
bombs. You find three greater acid flasks, four greater frost vials, four greater thunderstones, and a formula book. Ooh, what is in the formula book? I will tell you off air because it is a large formula book. I mean, can you like copy and paste what's in it and I'll read through it? Yeah, I, I, I will. I will. Let me. It's going to take me a minute to put all of it in. Maybe I can learn some fun new things. Yeah, that's what you guys find. Because Knife Sword is Knife Sword and I know him, I will give him one of the reagents to munch on whatever it is and appease him so he doesn't <laughs> try to steal them from me. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> okay. Haya, how did the healing go? Pretty well. I don't know if you'd want me to tell you rules or just... Yeah, tell me rules and then tell me what you do and... All right. So since we have the house rule of roll and wherever it falls, we'll say whether it's trained expert master. So for the first roll, I rolled a 35, which then gives Pintana back 41 points of healing. And for herself, she rolled a 28, which then gives her 17 points of healing back. Nice. And Heidi, what are you doing after you look back at Soraya? Make that noise that I can't make. Running and jumping onto the bed and making myself special. Available. Available <laughs> for someone who I know is going to walk in. Life <laughs> 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 <Life> start. <laughs> and doing a general search around. All right. Give me a perception check. Also, everyone else, uh, in the next 10 minutes, what is everyone else doing? Starting with Rob. I'm munching on the things that uh, Soraya gave me. All right, Matt. Twin Talon is going to take a listen at the two doors in his room, or not his room, but the dining room area. I mean, because we were not quiet and he's kind of surprised that no one else has come kicking in the door. So he's going to take a listen at those two doors to see if he hears anything of note. All right. I'm going to roll a secret perception check for you. Heidi, you're looking around the room. Haya, what are you doing for the next 10 minutes? Brianna will go north and take a peek into the room that her other three party members are looking around and just poke her head and be like, everybody okay in here? Anybody need healing? Ooh, did you say you needed healing? I need that sexual healing. Oh, well, I can't provide that, unfortunately. Uh, <clears throat> she'll like tug at her collar a little bit to <laughs> relieve some steam. <laughs> like Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's how I pictured it. If you don't know who that is, we're old. <laughs> also, I just want to tell you that the three corpses that had persistent fire damage have finally burnt out. So if you wanted to look at them, you could. Sure. If nobody wants healing, Brianna would like to go and do some medicine checks on those. What the fuck is going on there? All right. And Christine. Soraya will we'll blow a kiss to you and you know, make a motion for like later. But while Brianna is making the medicine checks on the bodies, she is going to see if they have anything interesting or useful on them. All right. So the bodies are split into two different rooms. I guess in 10 minutes you could check all of them. Oh, I'm dumb. You mean the people we just literally murdered? Yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, my brain thought that there was someone or something they were doing in the lab. Other bodies? Yeah, that's what I processed. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. The corpses of the people that you guys just splattered all over the two rooms. 
You'll find they all have fatal short sword stab wounds. <laughs> Weird. What could have happened? <laughs> Some of their insides appear to be outsides. <laughs> Who could have done this? I feel like even the investigators from Absalom and Order could figure this one out. <laughs> I mean, if we could just split up searching the bodies if that's what you want to do, Haya. Sure, we'll, we'll see if there's a, any notes or things that we can... Instructions or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So, ooh, do you know what you rolled or did you roll that privately? It was a private roll. Great. I'm going to put you into this room. In the room. I'm available for everyone. (laughs) You see that there are notes on the desk, a simple map, and a change of clothes. Would I roll a natural one? No. Okay. I'd like to take a look at those notes then and the map. All right. So the notes on the desk provide simple instructions how to go from here to a building called the Temple of All Gods. The map is also like a map of Sagarak and it has two X's. One X is in the building you're in and another X is on this like, it doesn't look like there's anything there, but there's an X and you know what they say? Who is triple X? <laughs> Twin Talon. As you listen to the doors, the door to the north, you don't hear anything. The door to the east, you hear the sound of like wind blowing. Christine, as you investigate the body of the alchemist, because I'm assuming that's what you wanted to investigate mostly, you find a very nice mace with some runes etched onto the, is it a handle? Hilt? Handle. You look at the armor that they're wearing. It uh, looks pretty resilient as well. It's leather armor. You also notice that on their face, they have some goggles and they also have a small thing of alchemist tools on their belt. I will snatch all of those up. (laughs) All right. Since you haven't identified the items quite yet, I've added them as unusual items. Can I start making those rolls? That'll be our next 10 minutes or? Uh, yeah, let me, I'll post them to the chat. Haya, as you investigate the corpses of the Scarlet Triad members here, they all have similar gear. Oh, also, sorry, Christine. You also find a symbol of the Scarlet Triad on their gear. Haya, you find on each of these, so for a total of four blow guns with runes etched onto the length of the pipe, four rapiers with two runes etched onto the handle of the rapier. They all have leather armor that has runes etched into it. They all have a pair of manacles. They all have 20 blowgun darts. So that's a total of 80. They each have four doses of some sort of liquid in a vial. They all have two doses of what you know now because you've seen it so many times is purple worm venom. So that's a total of eight doses of purple worm venom and 16 doses of this other liquid. Okay, and there's no notes on them. Maybe I've also been playing Baldur's Gate. There's not like a, hey, Slim, how dare you do this? Unfortunately, no. Oh man, the gear is pretty. I'm not carrying any exposition, boo. <laughs> Would you like 
to put all that stuff into your personal inventory or the bag? Probably the bag. Although I will pick up the liquids and kind of cradle them in my arms and bring them over to Surrey. I'll be like, the purpley things I recognize, but then they're these swirly things and I don't know what contents are in these vials and I'm afraid to find out. I figured you'd be able to discern what this is and it'd be better used to you. Well, let's take a look. Here you go. Thank you very much. And you can try and identify that as you're identifying everything. Do I need to do all three? Are they different? No, just one. Clearly not going to be as high, but still. I do get my alchemy bonus. So. All right. So let's see. For the first three items, Christine, you have critical successes, which were the items off of the... So the, the mace, the armor, and the goggles? Yes. So the mace... It is a plus two striking light mace. The unusual armor is a plus two resilient leather armor. And I think the thing you're going to be most excited about is the unusual eyepiece, which is a greater alchemist goggles. These brass goggles are engraved with flame patterns and have thick, heavy lenses. While worn, they give you a plus two item bonus to crafting checks to craft alchemical items and a plus two item bonus to attack rolls with alchemical bombs. You can also ignore lesser cover while making strikes with alchemical bombs. Very nice. Like the kind your allies would provide, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Well, it's good that we never play with that rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny that we never play with that rule and all of a sudden we, uh, we don't have to anymore. I'm assuming you'd like to put on the goggles? Yes. All right. Steam-powered giraffe plays in the background. <laughs> Press goggles. Yep. And then both Soraya and Brianna identify the liquid. It is lethargy poison. Lethargy poison is a commonly used hit and run tactic by drow and others who want their victims alive. The ambusher retreats until the poison sets in and the victim falls unconscious. Further exposure does not require the target to attempt additional saving throws. Only failing a saving throw against ongoing exposure can progress its stage. So you can't just load them up with this and see. Injury poison. Maximum duration, four hours. Stage one is slow to one round, slow to minute. Unconscious with no perception check to wake up for a round at stage three. And stage four is unconscious with no perception check for 1d4 hours. Jeez. Interesting. So we have four doses of that. You have 12, but also in the bag, you already had some. So you have a total of 38 doses of that. God damn. Well, I think I can actually use the blowguns they have too. I'm pretty sure I have the poisoner feet. Yeah. So I might take those darts and one of the blowguns. All right. And that's what you guys find. So that's 20 minutes. Let's do another 10 minutes. Christine, what are you doing in those 10 minutes? Are you re-equipping yourself? If we need another 10 minutes. Yeah. All right. Haya? I don't know. Did we need another 10 minutes? Like, another, yeah, that's what I was like. Do we, do we need another 10 minutes? Oh, okay. All right. Maybe. I'll let you guys just talk amongst yourselves then. Okay. Brenna's going to go back to Twin Talon and ask, do you hear anything? Is there anybody on the other side? Twin Talon's going to kind of gesture to the door to the north. And I'll be like, there's no sound that way. So that could be a closet or something. I don't know. Storeroom. And then they'll gesture to the door to the east. I'll say that way. It sounds like wind. So maybe it's a cavern or it's outside. I don't, I don't know. I listened for a full 10 minutes, so <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Wait, did you do like five minutes to each door? Did you time it or something? Or I don't know. I started listening and then just the time just went and then you guys were done. And I don't know. <laughs> fell into a trance. Are you feeling OK? Uh, it's a mystery. OK. <laughs> Brianna will put her hand on the handle of the door to the north and kick it open. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
and maybe just like crack it open as stealthily as she can just to get a peek. All right, go ahead and open that up. Do I roll stealth? No, it would be their perception versus your stealth DC. Okay. Let me read the box text here. Three hard stone beds are in this room. Oh, ooh, I found more beds. Hold on, I'm coming. <laughs> Was that the end of the box text? That was. That was the <laughs> oh, end of oh, okay. the box text. <laughs> well, looks like they were outfitting for more people to be able to sleep here. Does it look like lived in? Are there any personal? Yes, there are three foot lockers in here too. If you open them up, you notice that there are traditional feminine looking clothes in here, as opposed to the other room with beds, which had traditional masculine looking clothes. So you could probably figure out that one is the men's sleeping chambers and one was the women's sleeping chambers. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, this looks like the female dormitory. I, I don't know if we should be looking to the, the foot lockers for any further clues or not, but that's that mystery. And that's my 10 minutes, I guess. <laughs> I don't think we're taking 10 minutes for this. Twin Talon, since he spent all his time in here, is just going to take a walkthrough of the other two rooms just to see if he notices anything that anybody missed, secret doors or hidden latches, things like that. But if I don't see anything, then the only door out of here is to the east. Yeah. Do you want to roll a secret perception check for me, Sean? For the doors? No, for the other two rooms. Quintana's just taking a, a once over on the other two rooms, just to make sure there's no hidden things that people missed. And then if not, then he'll just go to the eastern door. All right, here we go. Yeah, that seems like it's the only door you guys haven't opened yet. Heidi, does Ooh tell everyone about the map and stuff, or are you hiding that? Ooh would like to study it very, very well and then uh, stuff it in her bag. All right. So you take some time and you study the map, commit it to memory as best you can. Don't mind me making this roll. Don't mind it at all. All right. So you think you have it committed to memory. Okay. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. I feel like you said that there were two things that I found. You found a map and directions to a place called the Temple of the All Gods. Okay, which go with the map, right? Yes, yes. So I am also committing that to memory as well. All right, let's see how that roll goes. All right, you think you've committed it to memory, but we'll see. Oh gosh. <laughs> we'll see. All right, and there's nothing else in this room. It's a bed and a desk and that's it. Yep, of the beds that you've seen, this is the only one that has an overstuffed mattress. And as you look at the clothes and stuff, you notice that there's like singes and whatnot on the clothes. And from your time with Soraya, you can tell that this is probably the alchemist's like room. And they were probably the leader of this group. I would like to slice into that mattress. I just want to know. Maybe she's got gold. Blood comes gushing out. It was a waterbed. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God. Hooray! <laughs> it's an ooze! As you slice it open, you just notice that it's stuffed with straw and bedding equipment. That's not exciting. All right. I'll head out. Baby girl! Let me touch something. Come here. <laughs> go find Soraya. Off we go. All right. Are you guys ready to leave this area? I think so. I think so. We've we've touched all the butts and... Well, I was going to say, although I do imagine, especially after what you just said, is like she's like right behind Soraya, just like has her arms around her, but is gripping her <laughs> as they walk along. <laughs> poke, poke, poke. Just on the boobs. What's Snipe Sword up to? He's been very quiet. Hopefully he's been chewing on the alchemical leaves I gave him. Okay. Gummy. Oh, oh. Dry. Very dry. All right. So you open the door and as you look out the door, you hear wind blowing and it looks like it leads out 
to Sagarak proper, beyond the doors of the safety of the town of Kovlar. It is pitch black. Occasionally, you see little blue wisps kind of come into view and then fade out. Looks almost like lightning bugs as you look out into the vast darkness of the cave. I'm sorry, I just had video game whiplash. Sounds like you're describing mislands. <laughs> so, Funtown will take a step out, kind of take a look around, see if anything is close to us. Brianna will follow. No, there is nothing. Where is the wind coming from? So you're so far underground that it kind of has its own kind of atmosphere, so it's just like wind blowing in the caves. Obviously, there's an opening above ground or a hole from the center of Galarian where just air is moving through. Do we know how to go forward? Are we going north, south? What do you guys think? I would like to put on my night vision goggles and I stick my finger in my mouth and I hold my finger up in the air and I say, mmm, smells like that away. And I go in a direction I think is appropriate to get to this place that we're supposed to be going. What I've seen on the map, Temple of the All Gods. Okay, let's see how well you do. Oh, you do have the skill. Okay, it was about to get real bad. All right. So, ooh, you know that this place is a couple hours march to the east. So you guys start heading east or well, ooh starts heading east. Where are you going? The wind is blowing that away. I think we need to go that away. We're just going to go the way the wind is blowing? That's what the sails tell me. The ocean is calling. Can't you smell it? <laughs> Smells like fungus. <laughs> the fungus among us. Sure, but is, is there a particular reason you want to go that direction? Aren't we supposed to be looking for something? What are we doing, guys? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm a little... Well, we're, we were told that the head of the Scarlet Triad in this area was a, I want to say a dwarven woman, Ilsra Embermead, which we didn't find. Do you think she's to the east? Yep, I can smell fear and loathing over there. I think that's all the undead. Well, we've got our name, Fear and Loathing in Kovlar. <laughs> I think I might be a little bit turned around down here, but east there's just solid rock and fungus. No, the map continues on. It just, it's the edge of the map for this one. You can keep going. Right, but if we're role-playing east, <laughs> there's north and south, right? I think Sean's saying that the, the map is just open to the east, even though we can't actually go that way. Yeah, like there there is stuff over here. It's just not on this page. <laughs> All right. Sorry. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so kind of to answer Haya's question a little bit more. Yes, you are looking for Ember Mead, who is the prominent person in the Scarlet Triad from what you've found. You've also been looking for information, or not information, but looking to find influence of the Scarlet Triad within the city. And if you remember way back in Kovlar, you determined that one of the city councilmen was working with them. And I'm looking for their name right now. Chisel Rock. Chisel Rock, thank you, yes. But he's been locked up as far as we know, right? Hero point, Matt. Thanks. He has been locked up and there is growing tensions in the city because having the guild master of a group being locked up is, you know. Contentious. So I have in my notes, we found out there are multiple factions of undead in this city and they're not all evil. There was an old king still sort of around factions working with him. You'll have to forgive me because it's kind of too good We're not sure if they're working for him or against him. He is not necessarily evil. He just made a few bad decisions. Hungry ghosts that can't move on. Right. We haven't actually interacted with any of the undead. We just know that there are two factions of them in the city somewhere. 
and we're looking for the old king anyway, correct? I don't know that we are. We were just told that, like, they're out there. Right. This is what you will encounter sort of thing. I thought. I don't know. Yeah, like, our, our mission is to disrupt the Scarlet Triad. We know that Embermead is the head of them in this area. We've taken out, you know, their puppet, at least the one that we know about, on the council. Chisel Rock. We went to the Hidden Forge. We found that. We disabled that. We came here, which is where the path led us. We took out what it seems to be their barracks and workshop and mess hall, but Embermead's still not here, so... I mean, we can go into the city if you guys like into Kovlar, I guess, or Sagarak. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Sagarak is the quote unquote undead city where the different undead factions are. And Kovlar is the not undead city that is built in the ruins of Sagarak. Right. Kovlar was like one of the districts. Yes. Okay. So we can go out into Sagarak if you guys want to and hope for the best. But it was a big city. Kovlar was just a a small portion of it. I don't think we're going to just wander out there and find what we're looking for unless we just run into a a dumb luck. It's not dumb luck. I know where we're going, though. I didn't get a a chance to look at the other room, but if there is some form of, I don't know, a, a map or some notes that will give us the indication of where to go. That would be best. In an underground undead desert. Exactly. (laughs) For goodness knows how long. But maybe I just happen to know things. What was that? Maybe I've been here before and and I know some things. Or maybe I can read the wind and the wind is telling me that away. Ooh. We're not feeling it. All right. Listen, listen, listen. And I pull out this map and I pull out the whatever and I'm like, all right. I want to feel smart. Damn it, dude. <laughs> we don't have time for this shit. You are smart for finding it, but for withholding that information, it's just slowing us down. <laughs> I wanted to feel smart. As you all look at the map that U has pulled out of her bag, you notice that the direction was supposed to be north. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a intelligence roll to see how well you could memorize things. And the first one I rolled was a natural one. Oh, gosh. With your intelligence modifier of plus one gave you a two. So uh, you didn't remember very well, but you do remember (laughs) the handwritten note, not the map portion of it that said, like, gave you the directions. But it also you now as you're looking at it in front of everyone, you do see a little note scribbled in the corner that says met with boss return back here to instruct the force on how we will proceed. Okay, now directions combined with that note that says I met with the boss that yes, okay, maybe we should follow the map, but the map, my love, does say north. As you rotate the map in her hands. Well, I can't, I, mm, I can't read this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how about looking at it this way? It's, it's all goblin to me. It's fine. It's different than nautical charts, I understand. Yes, it's very different. It's dark down here. I can't see things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doesn't she have dark vision? She will whisper to Twin Talon. Twin Talon will reach over and flip down the lenses on the goggles that he's got on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're working now. Hey. Hi. I can see you. I can see this map. That knife sword's just going to point and go, north is that way. If we cut to the knife sword view, which is normally just like 
It's like a video game HUD <laughs> that has like how hungry he is, and that's always in the red. But it now has like north, south, east, west, like in front of him. He's got the cardinal rose. Yeah, so he can walk around because he cast no direction. I love that the description of that does contain the caveat, you know where north is, if that exists in your location. <laughs> I guess if you're like on the plane of fire. Yeah, right. Like, is there a north in the plane of in some of the, you know, extra planar things? Yeah, the elemental planes. So with this combined knowledge of map and reading and knife sword, knowing which way to go, you all head off into Sagarak. As you are walking, it is oppressively dark. It's that kind of darkness that you feel pushing in on you. Even with your dark vision and goggles of the night, it's kind of claustrophobic. Doesn't help that you hear dripping water and skittering. And every now and then you hear a low moan of some sort of undead. About an hour into your walk towards the Temple of the All Gods, a translucent blue wispy like creature appears in front of you. It is the size and shape of a dwarf and it appears to you and it says, Old ones yet who draw breath. I come not to feast upon your souls, but to bear a message from my king, the rightful ruler of Sagarak, old King Harald. His eyes peer from every shadow, and he has seen your strength as you wander our city. He wishes to offer you information and allies in exchange for your assistance. You would be wise to come with me and be honored, for the old king does not issue summons often. Brianna will quirk a brow at her companions. As she smites undead. <laughs> I'm like, her hand is, is twitching. Well, aren't you a wisp of a thing? Soraya will put a hand on Brianna's wrist. Far be it from us to refuse such an invitation from one who has done no harm. Indeed, if we are being summoned by his majesty, then please, we would be honored to meet them, right? Very good. Please follow me and I will answer any questions you have on the walk. So, have you seen any other fleshy folks down here recently? Hmm. There has been problems with some living creatures down here, but that is not my place to explain. That is the king's role. Okay. Could you fill us in? We heard that there were two factions down here. One had by King Haral and the other not. Could you fill us in with what's going on there? Yes. So... King Haral has always been the king of Sagarak. He cannot be destroyed, and he will always be the rightful ruler of the city. A dragon thought it could destroy him, and it indeed stole the old king's crown. But the old king will not be removed by a usurper so easily. The king has but a few grave knights left to defend him, and he deals with the bound as they are the lamentable echoes of yesteryear. They lack bodies or the will to serve any but their own sorrow. The old king protects them, but they do not return this with gratitude. Yet the old king does not hold this against the bound, 
for he understands that they are lost. Then there are the star, the undead built from flesh and, as a result, are chained to their own hunger to devour flesh. This makes them weak of will and the king does not like to deal with them. Then there are people like me, the Whispers. We are the silent ones who watch over the city. We are the eyes and ears of the king and let him know what is happening. Would you say any of you are wanting but unable to move on or are you all content in your state? We are content to serve the old king. It is one of our greatest honor. So you mentioned a dragon. When we first came through, we thought we heard what sounded like either a, I think it was a magma dragon or the apocalypse engine. Would the dragon that you're talking about, the one that stole his crown, is it either one of those? Yes, the usurper. The dragon invaded the city several years ago. It soon swayed the starved to its side, but the whispers and the armored remained loyal to the old king. The dragon attempted to incinerate the king himself, but the king returned, for he is forever. Can I roll lore, like the hawk lore, to see if the usurper is a, a name he goes by? Sure, go ahead. 26. Not that you can recall. Are there any other names the usurper is known as? Not that we have heard or seen or know of. So the usurper has the, you said the starve, which are the undead built from flesh that hunger so like zombies ghouls that kind of thing i'm assuming yeah basically the starved are undead built from flesh and as a result they are chained to their own hunger to devour flesh and then the armored which i'm assuming are the grave knights that he mentioned and the whispers which are the like ghosts or whatever he is like the incorporeal undead remain loyal to the king yes and the bound are protected by the king but they don't appreciate it and they don't have Bodies. So the bound are like the ghosts of the citizens that died under the old king's rule. So you would consider them haunts in game terms. They're in a loop of doing the same thing over and over again. The starved are being controlled or working with the usurper, which are the zombies and things like that. The whispers are like this guy. They're wisps, ghosts that can listen and have minimal impact on the environment around them. And the armored are the grave knights, which are the defenders of the king. And the king was incinerated, but he came back. Correct. Lich vibes. Could be. Yeah. Especially if they didn't get his soul cage. Well, I'm thinking more like, I don't remember, might have been against the giants. Sorry, it was Kingmaker. There were, I don't know if there were death knights or if there were grave knights that like, if you didn't destroy their armor, they came back. So like you could completely destroy them. But as long as their armor remained intact, eventually they would just respawn, essentially. Yeah. So he, he could be like a greater version of his little... Okay, well, we asked about the living. We asked about the factions of the city. Any any other questions for this uh, ghosty guy before we were off to see the wizard or whatever? So I just gave you a huge info dump of information. That's what an info dump stands for, information dump. Just so you know, another info dump. And I feel like you all need some time to process this. So let's give it a week. Okay. Makes sense. The standard amount of time people need to think about things. Yeah, a week. You got to defrag your hard drives or whatever that is. That's not a euphemism, Heidi. Oh, oh, okay. Well, well, I'll just go back to the memory banks. 
I'm back. What did I miss? <laughs> all right. We'll see y'all next week. Okay. Well, bye. Ciao. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Crack Die Podcast. Please visit us at crackdiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please visit them at epidemicsound.com. The Cracked Eye podcast theme was composed by Angelo DiLoretto. He is forever missed. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in breathing life into this production. We do not know where we'd be without them. If you'd like to join our Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs>